0: This is First Read, a podcast of Edenton Street United Methodist Church, where the preachers for this upcoming Sunday read the appointed text for the first time. Join us now for our first read.
1: This Sunday is October the 15th, 2023. It's the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. My name's Greg Moore. I'm one of the pastors at Edenton Street, and this Sunday I'll be preaching in the gathering.
0: And my name is Krista Jamis. I'm also one of the pastors at Edenton Street, and I will be preaching in the sanctuary.
1: This Sunday's appointed texts are Exodus 32, one to fourteen, Psalm 106, Philippians 4, one to nine, and Matthew 22, one to fourteen. And before we read the gospel text this week, just a confession. That this is not our first read, is it, Krisha? Mm,
0: Nope, it is not.
1: (sighs) This is a first for first read. We are re-recording this episode. The first episode will be in our blooper reels, somewhere on the cutting floor (laughs) in the Eden Street studio. Uh, But we uh, decided to re-record this because while we're both drawn to the Matthew text to preach on... You'll hear in just a second that this is a remarkably difficult text, and uh, the way we wrestled with the text in our first recording of First Read just didn't quite sit well with us. Um, We're still going to land, I think, in very similar places, but uh, this text, we thought, required a bit more engagement, and so uh, Krisha is going to read the gospel reading for us.
0: All right, Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus responded by speaking again in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding party for his son. He sent his servants to call those invited to the wedding party, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent servants and said to them, tell those who have been invited, look, the meal has been or has all been prepared. I've butchered the oxen and the fattened cattle. Now everything is ready. Come to the wedding party. But they paid no attention, and they went away, some to their fields, others to their businesses. The rest of them grabbed his servants and abused them and killed them. The king was angry. He sent his soldiers to destroy the murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to his servants, The wedding party is prepared, but those who were invited weren't worthy. Therefore, go to the roads on the edge of town and invite everyone you can find to to the wedding party. Then those servants went to the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding party was full of guests. Now when the king came in and he saw the guests, he spotted a man who wasn't wearing wedding clothes. He said to him, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, tie his hands and his feet and throw him into the furthest darkness. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Many people are invited, but few are chosen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God.
1: Thanks, Thanks be, to be to God. God. Well, Krisha, yesterday when we recorded this uh, for the first time, uh, not to put you too much on the spot, <laughs> but you, you were you were uh, almost um, frozen by the text.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I'm. I. I would just imagine that. There are a lot of folks who read scriptural texts and just freeze. I, I wonder, just kind of, um, yeah, what, what was happening inside of you as we froze?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a this is a hard text to read, um, and uh, I felt just trapped by it which happens sometimes. Sometimes when I read really difficult passages or I, I just can't find my eyes in the scripture, I feel stuck. But rarely do I feel angry and stuck. And I, I, felt, um, I felt trapped in it yesterday and not in a good way. Um, and yeah, if you if anyone ever gets their hands on the blooper reel they would they would hear um a lot of Greg and very little of me um because i couldn't I couldn't see and I was trying to wrestle with this um with an angry God in a really hard scripture
1: we're, we're, you no know, without uh psychoanalyzing all of this. I don't know if you know, but I'm not a psychiatrist. <clears throat> What you are sitting on a couch right now, am uh, on a couch. so you I mean, be laying down, you should be. Um, but my rates are going to go up exponentially. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so what was happening? I mean, why wh- you said you felt angry yeah. and you felt stuck,
0: yeah. So, I and I mentioned this in uh, the-, the first read, um, because we're in second read now, where I grew up in a church. Oh god, learning about uh an angry god. About a god who was constantly disappointed in me, mad at me, judging everything I did or did not do. Um and so anger was always complex, <laughs> I would say especially in regards to God. Like I I never understood or saw um Anger in good or beautiful ways regarding God. And so this text um, just felt really hard because, yeah, I grew up uh, feeling scrutinized and just constantly um, on the receiving end of a judgmental and angry God.
1: So it triggered a lot of these images that you grew up with.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you froze and i froze and i didn't know what to say or what to do or how to move within the text um, because the picture that i was seeing i was stuck in this this picture of um just damage
1: Hmm. i'm so grateful that you named that uh, because i think you know especially within mainline churches like ours the lectionary points texts like this, and we preachers are um, want to avoid them. So we like, let's preach the Philippians text this week mm-hmm. because, you know, may the God of all peace and understanding <laughs> be with you. But we still read the gospel text, and so we read it, and invariably people are frozen in the in the pews because we just read this really hard thing, and we're not even going to talk about it. Um, how do we engage this?
0: Well, and the Philippians text and the Matthew text almost seem like polar hmm. uh, opposites. Yeah, not even—I don't know. Like it's, yeah. How do you, how do you hear both?
1: Well, let's let's hear the the parable and see um, see if engaging this parable helps us understand not just this. We, I do want us to engage this parable, but also how do we engage texts like this Mm
0: -hmm.
1: throughout scripture. So, first of all, just a reminder, parables are teaching tools that Jesus uses to help illuminate reality. Uh, Amanda Rigby is teaching us that in midweek, where um, we're encountering the parables of Jesus, where Jesus tells a story, a short story, which helps us see the reality that we're living in. And this is named as a parable by Matthew. It starts off by saying Jesus told them another parable um, so, in this parable, uh, he's describing what?
0: What he's describing, um, well, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding party for a son. So, I think what's being described or illuminated maybe is um, the kingdom of heaven.
1: Hmm which in Matthew's gospel is not something that we are waiting to get to when we die the kingdom of heaven is this thing that's at hand Mm -hmm. right that's the proclamation that begins Jesus's ministry the kingdom of heaven is at hand it's here and so it is that place where God um, God's desires are realized
0: Mm. and lived
1: yeah like that's where the kingdom of heaven is and it's it's accessible now it doesn't mean that uh, there's nothing to say about what happens after we die, but that's just not what this is. Jesus is not describing an otherworldly existence. He's inviting us into an existence in this world um, that he describes in this gospel over and over and over again as the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet it's where a, a king's throwing a party because his son's getting married. He invites all these people, and the people say. No, nah.
0: no, they're good. <laughs> I now, it's a wedding party and you know, maybe they just don't like weddings. I don't know. It's, it's a very specific type it of banquet
1: is I'm going to get stuff off the registry at Williams Sonoma. It's a thing.
0: It's complicated. Don't they have
1: flatware? Do you really need another fork?
0: Wedding cake is always dry. Yeah, it's
1: not. It's not good. And so they say no. They're too busy. They fail to participate in yeah. the invitation. And so what happens?
0: Uh, so he gets he gets spicy. The king uh, gets kind of angry, and he sends them out again. Like, no, I don't think they heard me the first time. There's food, and uh, everything's ready. So tell them to get their hineys in here.
1: Did their hineys come in there?
0: Their hineys did not come (laughs) in there (laughs) It's Oh, by the way It's Children's Sunday um, So, you know I'm trying to make this A little bit more accessible To children So we're gonna (laughs) Fun
1: fact It's also Children's Sabbath On October 15th At Eden Street This is not like A worldwide celebration
0: I should have clarified
1: So we're gonna read this On Children's Sabbath Sunday So the invitation goes out again And this time they say no And they killed the people Who brought the invitations Is that right?
0: Yeah, they say no And then Uh so, they grabbed their servants and abused and killed them.
1: Yeah, and and then, then the king
0: is really angry. Yeah, really, really angry. And so he sent his soldiers to destroy the murderers and set their city on fire.
1: And is that the part that freezes you?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where. That's where I got stuck. Mm. I lost my eyes.
1: Yeah. After that, invitations go back out again to like people in highways and byways, anybody. Yeah, and they bring them in,
0: which is real. He's probably invested a lot of money in this this feast in this party and wants someone to show up for it. So he goes and invites everyone,
1: which makes makes my my Westland heart very proud, mm-hmm. very happy. The invitation is to all uh and then the part that that i freeze at is the next part yes where the party's happening and there's this one dude who is apparently not wearing the right stuff and so the king says get him out of here and throw him away where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth yeah for many are invited but few are chosen
0: which is so strange. I mean, some guy shows up in flip flops and board shorts to this wedding, and not in the my house. king goes berserk—just <laughs> bananas. Yeah. Which does not make sense because five seconds ago he was inviting everybody.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And so I cannot see. I don't know.
1: The the only. Uh the thing here is what I am wrestling with. I don't have any answers either, Krisha. And I, this is not uh, a parable that I read to my children at bedtime. <laughs>
0: I don't know why. Uh,
1: Gather around, yeah. children. Here is your cup of milk. <laughs> um, I, I, this not, but but I do think Amanda is right in her definition of a parable as being mm. a short story that just tells the truth. Mm. And I do think there is truth that's being stewarded in this. And this, the truth that I see is that the kingdom of heaven really does demand our participation. Mm-hmm. Like the ways of God demand our, like in our baptism, our, like our, the way the church introduces us to God is says that we are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation, which means that like we are now participants like that this kingdom of heaven stuff is not stuff that God just does for us and we receive it it's all gift god creates the banquet and invites us in but it's not it's just not the kingdom of heaven until we participate hmm. and i see humanity's refusal to participate as continuing to bring more and more wrath on us and i think that's where the main, mainline church often loses our footing 'Cause we just don't like to talk about God's wrath. Yeah. Because the only model we're given is I think like your childhood church. Yeah. Where God's primary impetus is wrath.
0: Yes, that's
1: but wrath how doesn't conversion throw par- happens. But wrath doesn't throw parties. And wrath actually doesn't convert us. No. Wrath deforms us.
0: Yeah.
1: Love converts us. Yeah. And this party is a celebration of love. And when we are unable to participate in that, I think it feels like wrath. Like not being able to Mm. participate in love feels like death death, and judgment. Fire. And it's true.
0: Yeah.
1: And I even wonder, uh, you know, I've not done... (laughs) the scriptural study analysis um, I I don't know what the like wedding clothes I feel like that like at the end the guy who's not wearing wedding clothes he gets kicked out like I I don't know what the I don't know what the protocol was in Jesus's time around wedding clothes I feel like that that would have meant something to Jesus's original hearers to Matthew's original that it just doesn't mean to to me right like yeah so the guy didn't get to men's warehouse in time like okay (laughs)
0: Um, I mean, in all fairness, he was hanging out on the side of the road. Like, he didn't right? know a wedding. He didn't get the formal invitation that came with, like, confetti and he didn't. a scroll and doves and the whole shebang, so.
1: But I wonder, not knowing all the, how that actually worked. And, you know, I've read commentaries that say, like, if you went to a wedding party, the host would always provide the your wedding garments. And so, hmm. I've read that. That's somewhere in the back of my mind, and I, I don't know. I have to confirm that, but I do know that, at least in this text, this guy is at the party, but's not participating. Mm-hmm. Huh. And so it's not enough just to be in proximity to God's will. There has to be an active participation.
0: Yeah, I mean, says, he uh, says here, he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But he was speechless and silent and didn't respond. Hmm, huh. he didn't participate.
1: There's a whole, you know, question of like, could he afford wedding clothes and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't know if the answer was that like wedding guests were always given.
0: Well, maybe it wasn't even about the wedding clothes, but about his silence.
1: Mm. Just not participating.
0: Yeah. It. He just wasn't responding or answering or, or anything. Yeah. Like maybe it simply was, how'd you get in here without wedding clothes? Maybe right. he wanted to give him some wedding clothes. Um, and he was silent. Yeah without speech. I,
1: I do know that um, love is participatory. hmm And what's driving this story is God's unrelenting love.
0: Which you see in the 100 different invitations
1: yeah right to the party like won't stop inviting
0: like fine you guys won't come but like come on there's food yeah keep coming and he keeps inviting um different people whoever will participate whoever will participate
1: which is i mean you know at the very beginning of the story it it's you know it says jesus responded by speaking again in parables responded to what Hmm. he's responding to Pharisees and Sadducees who are religious leaders who are in proximity to the things of God but are not participating in the ways of God Hmm. like they the banquet is laid out before them but they're not participating in it Um, and that's why the parable just before this Jesus says prostitutes and tax collectors are getting in there before you because they're actually willing to participate in the ways of grace it's not enough just to be in proximity it demands participation yeah, and pastorally, as a you know, as a professional Christian, <laughs> what terrifies me. <laughs> is
0: that on your resume? It is. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, what terrifies me is that sometimes um, being pro- in proximity to the sacred, sometimes. Um, makes me less likely to participate. Hmm. And I I just don't know. You know, God, God save us from being people who always talk about holy things but don't experience them. Hmm. Who think our proximity is enough. The invitation is to participate over and over and over again in the ways Mm -hmm. of grace, and I do think that the truth is that when we don't, it feels like wrath. That's the topic for Children's Sunday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if you have a child, (laughs) and you would like to come to Edmonton Street, (laughs) on october 15th
1: (laughs) you should come doctor october 15th Uh, Uh, our children are going to be leading our worship and uh it's going to be wonderful and beautiful and uh here's the thing they're going to be leading us and participating Mm -hmm. by singing and praying and reading scripture they will be participating in the means of grace Mm. uh and it's going to be like a banquet And and unlike
0: my childhood they are going to get to encounter hard texts that make us feel uncomfortable Um, And a God who is loving, but also uh, gets a little upset when we choose not to participate. And so I'm grateful actually that this is happening on Children's Sabbath Sunday uh, because they are going to get to experience something that I never did when I was little.
1: May it be. Children's Sabbath, October 15th, it's going to be a banquet. We'll see you there.